This is Shannon Evans of the Tombigbee Tales. I write about a small town along the Tombigbee River in northeast Mississippi called Columbus and some of its surrounding communities and counties. Today's episode is about Columbus, about a guy named Daniel Baldwin, who was a distillery owner and publican. In 1854, Daniel Baldwin, a local publican and distillery owner, was indicted on charges of allowing men and women, free and enslaved, to party at his, quote, house. His house was actually the back rooms of his tavern, where he and his wife, Emmeline, son's son, William Edwin Baldwin, and two daughters lived. A common arrangement in a town like Columbus was one like this, where the publican, the person who runs the tavern, lives in the same building in an adjoining wing. What was unusual was that Daniel would defy strict legal and social rules regarding serving alcohol to any enslaved persons. Daniel Baldwin was born in 1787 in Derby, New Haven, Connecticut. His father was a well-known distiller of fine liquor and a respected merchant. Daniel learned the family's distillery trade before marrying Emmeline Chester from Colchester, Connecticut. They would move to Statesburg in Sumter County, South Carolina, where their daughter Grace was born in 1816 and their son William in 1827. The family then moved to Georgia for a very brief stay before moving to Columbus, Mississippi, where their daughter Mary would be born in 1843. They brought with them one enslaved person for the 1840 census. The family's earliest evidence of being in Lowndes County is the 1837 territorial census. In 1842, it is apparent that the Baldwins were struggling financially as a May 3rd, 1842 issue of the Southern Argus, a Columbus newspaper, ran an announcement by Daniel Baldwin declaring his bankruptcy. By the 1850 census, Daniel is listed as age 63 and living with his wife and two adult children, including 23-year-old William Edwin, who is a clerk in a bookstore and stationery store, and Daniel's 16-year-old daughter, Mary. Then came the 1854 indictments from the state accusing Daniel Baldwin, his wife, and his son William, a future Confederate general, of keeping a, quote, disorderly house that allowed men and women, white and slave, to drink, tipple, curse, swear, and misbehave at all hours of the day and night. Keep in mind, their home is in the back of a tavern. It is the tavern that is in question. Allegations by neighbors included running a brothel, which was unsubstantiated, drinking and cavorting, misbehaving themselves, and, quote, doing evil. Clearly, something was disturbing the peace of the local neighborhood and challenged the locals' sensibilities. The cases of the state included two serious allegations. Daniel stood accused of selling liquor to Rochester, an enslaved man owned by Miss Elizabeth Gregory, without her consent. He was also accused of selling liquor to an enslaved man named Philip, owner unknown, 
again without permission. Mississippi at the time had strict tippling laws. It had outlawed the sale, gift, or loan of spirits to enslaved people without written permission from their owners. Free or enslaved, Blacks, mulattoes, or Native Americans were express expressly prohibited from entering a tavern or coffee shop where spirits were sold. This was allegedly done to prevent insurrection, riots, etc., as it was believed that people of color were incapable of, quote, handling their liquor. In other words, it was yet another way to keep people of color regulated and subjugated. It was a fairly serious crime to serve or sell liquor to a slave. Hence, why would Daniel have risked such, such a thing? Keep in mind, the state had enacted strict rules of conduct regarding slaves as a result of a small but successful rising middle class of free blacks and mulattoes. The Nat Turner Rebellion in Virginia in 1831 and other similar events. Prior to 1825, it was more common for slaves to be granted or buy their manumission in Mississippi than it was by the 1850s when this event took place. Then it was outlawed, the purchase of manumissions, and only children of free mothers were considered free. However, the free population of blacks in Mississippi never exceeded 1,400 between 1830 and 1840. At the time of Baldwin's arrest in the 1850s, only 773 free blacks remained in the state. Those free men and women would have been required to carry current papers that had to be renewed for a fee every three years. Regardless of the status of the blacks at his establishment, they still could not be sold spirits. It is not clear exactly what was the outcome of Baldwin's case, other than a fine. We do know that like his son William, Daniel enlists in the Confederate Army at age 73 in 1862. He is listed as a private in the 2nd Battalion of the Mississippi Cavalry. He died on the 14th of April, 1865, just after the surrender of Appomattox Courthouse and is buried in Lot 102 at Friendship Cemetery next to his wife, Emmeline, and his son, Brigadier General William Edwin Baldwin. To find out more about General Baldwin, see the December 13, 2023 episode in the Tom Bigby Tales. To find out more about Columbus, please visit and like the Historic Home Tours of Columbus, Mississippi Facebook page and Please follow, like, and subscribe to the Tom Bigby Tales. Until next time.